Hey, welcome to the show. We're your hosts, Grant Cohn, Ryan Hensley. It was supposed to be uh, me and Eric Crockett. It's a little feedback, man. Can you turn down a little bit? Mm-hmm. Got to get you some headphones. Um, it was supposed to be me and Aaron Crocker, uh, but I forgot I had an appointment at 9 in the morning, so we tried to reschedule, and then he had to do a bunch of errand running. So couldn't link up, get together in the future. Ryan's super flexible. We were supposed to do a show tomorrow, but he was around today, so I figured let's do it right now because I got topics. So, Ryan, good to see you. Good to see you too, man. I'm glad I can fill in. Sorry about the uh, the headphones things. I tried to connect my Bluetooth, but wasn't working. So all good. All so right, what we'll we want to do is preview this game that's tomorrow night. But before we do, we got to talk about the news. And it's there's two items. They're both concerning Jimmy Garoppolo. The first one comes out of Cleveland from Mary Kay Cabot, who about a month ago said, "No, not the Browns under no circumstances interested in Jimmy Garoppolo." Now she's like, "Well, uh, if." Deshaun Watson gets suspended for more than six games that Cleveland might reconsider. What do you think of that? Well, from my understanding is she's a very uh, reliable, you know, trusted source. Uh, so that means a lot. And, you know, I, I'll be the first one to admit I was wrong. I didn't think Cleveland was in the running for this, but it was starting to make a lot of sense. Um, it, it seems to me that he's going to be suspended. And it seems to me uh, that the 49ers know that Deshaun Watson is going to be suspended. Um, so I would – I think it's going to happen. I think there would be too much backlash on the NFL who's already struggling from a PR standpoint not to do something more than a six-game suspension um, for Deshaun Watson. So it seems like it's going to happen. Um, and hearing that from someone like herself, who's a trusted, reliable source, is very intriguing. Um, you know, the 49ers may make me look bad by pulling off a trade here. It's, it's – you know, I, I still don't know how many draft picks they're going to actually right. get, but uh, it's intriguing. And I guess it does make sense because Cleveland is a contender with a good quarterback. Um, they're too good of a roster to just throw the season away and let Jacoby Brissett start the entire year because that they're not going to make the playoffs. I can say confidently if Jacoby Brissett has to start 17 games, that team's not going to the playoffs. Sorry, Jacoby. So at least Jimmy might – Take you, not take you. He might let you get to the playoffs. That's something. He might ride with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I, otherwise, like, what do you really? How do you get the team motivated to play any games? Like, hey guys, we're probably not going anywhere this year, but um, God, give it your all. It seems like the season ends before it starts if you don't even try to get a quarterback for the season. Yeah, no offense to the Browns, but um, I mean, me personally, I, I'm not draft, I'm not signing, trading for Deshaun Watson. I think that was a mistake. From the beginning and uh, doing getting Jimmy uh, seems like it might be right at their alley. I don't know. They seem like an organization that does things uh, that maybe other organizations want to do. And that includes this year uh, trading for Jimmy Garoppolo because no one else is really doing that. It seems like the Browns were bracing for this because just based on how they structured Watson's contract. I mean, mm-hmm. his base salary is $1 million this year. So if he does get suspended for the year, it doesn't hurt him financially, really. Or a dollar, year, right? Something like that. I think yeah. it's I think it's a million, but anyway, it's 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 low, yeah. and so next year it goes up. So I don't think he would appeal because that means he would, if he puts it off this year and risks getting suspended next year, he could lose a lot of money. So yeah, and it's, you know, I'm sure the Browns. Hopefully, they considered all of this. I mean, it sounds like they did because of the way they structured his contract. It just seems like they gave up so much capital for a guy with uh, right questionable, uh, you know 
he's in a questionable situation. Um, they, they trade a lot of capital for a guy like that who's supposed to be the leader of your team. Uh, seems crazy to me. I don't know if I would have done that. I probably wouldn't just trade for Jimmy Garoppolo either, but it sounds like they may be doing that. And it sounds like John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, they all kind of know that that, or they have a good feeling that that's what's going to happen. So, yeah, that, they really seem very confident that they thought this was going to be something was going to happen, probably this. And maybe they're right. Maybe it was like, there's no way the NFL cannot suspend him for an entire uh, year. The entire, it seems like the whole country wants them to. There's not going to be any pushback. And it seems is like there a timeline more. on that? Maybe before the season, I I would imagine probably the next few weeks. Okay. Um, Okay. But it's interesting, though, like if he was in Cleveland, that fan base just ran Baker Mayfield out of town because he wasn't tough enough. Like he wasn't playing through enough injuries. Like, okay, well, wait till you get to know James Richard Garoppolo. I I really love to see what the next fan base thinks of James. Yeah, I I never really understood the whole – why they got rid of Baker Mayfield in the beginning, where, where the relationship soured. Um, you know, he seems like uh, he was a decent quarterback. I mean, he wasn't the greatest, but he was decent. He played through injury. Uh, what do you think it soured with those guys? I don't know. I think it's kind of similar to the Jimmy Garoppolo situation. He's not good enough, but you could do worse, Yeah, basically. And, I mean, yeah. if you could get Deshaun Watson, great. I mean, the Niners traded – I mean, I think the Browns gave up what the Niners gave up for Lance. They gave that up for Watson. It makes more sense to give it up for someone who's established. That being said, Lance can actually is allowed to play football. Watson, mm-hmm. we'll have to see about that. There's more about Jimmy, though. There's 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 more news because you think, all right, well, they're taking a real PR hit bringing in Deshaun Watson. They could bring in Jimmy, who's squeaky clean, leader, you know, just the ultimate pro comes from New England, right? Mm-hmm. Well, according to Mike Silver, the – San Francisco Chronicle, Jimmy Garoppolo, this is ancient history, but right after he signed his extension that made him the highest paid player in the NFL, he ghosted the 49ers for the entire offseason, didn't answer any of their calls and texts. Now, we've heard players such as George George Kittle joke about Jimmy not returning texts and calls. Well, it's apparently like something he takes to an extreme, and um, that was the offseason where he was spotted with Kiara Mia, and then the year that year he uh, – out his knee so that was not a good year for Jim. maybe it was a, i'm just it was not a great year for jimmy yeah. Garoppolo. i think it kind of explains why he is the way he is as a quarterback yeah it sounds like it was a good year for him outside of football but maybe yeah. not uh with I, like, well, I just got 40 million dollars what do i want to do <laughs> not talk to my coaches all right see you guys in a yeah. couple months yeah uh, yeah no i mean we've heard that from multiple players um i think even I think I think even Kyle or, or John Lynch mentioned this before. Um, so hearing this uh, article, I know um, you know the Final Night fan base is not thrilled with Mike Silver for the, the whole um, arm fatigue thing. Um, but you know this doesn't this story doesn't sound like it's far fetched at all based on what his uh, players, his teammates have said, and what the coaches have said about him uh, signing a big hundred. I think it was one hundred thirty-seven million um, dollar contract. Um, and then just disappearing, not returning calls or texts for weeks. Uh, that's just crazy. So it does kind of hit at the narrative that Jimmy is this great professional leader um, when you hear things like that. And I think it's funny that this news comes out right before the, a potential trade with Cleveland, as if the Niners couldn't, you know, lower Jimmy Garoppolo's trade value any more than they already have. Now it comes out that beyond that beyond just being like a limited mistake prone, injury prone, middle-aged, uh, 
you know, quarterback, he's also like not necessarily dedicated to his craft, according to yeah. this report. And if it is, again, it shows he never improved. He made the same mistakes constantly. The Jimmy Garoppolo experience, the same. It's like Groundhog Day. He was the quarterback version of Bill Murray's movie Groundhog Day, which is actually <laughs> a lot more entertaining than watching Jimmy Garoppolo play football. You know, that's just what Jimmy's personality has always seemed like to me. You know, he just he's content, man. He's got his money. He's a good looking dude. He's content. You know, he'll come up, show up, be a professional when it's time to do his job. But other than that, he's not going to go the extra mile for you. He doesn't have that hunger, that desire to be great. There's no Mamba mentality with Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, How did he develop that hunger when the Niners made him the highest paid player in the league after seven starts? There you go. Yeah. Yeah, and then you see that with a lot of players, and I'm, you know, I'm hoping that's not the case with Debo, but you see that with a lot of players. People get paid, and life is different forever for those people, and so it takes a special kind of person to get paid like that. And I'm trying to remember where I heard somebody said that you have to be after perfection, and it's not money. Your goal is perfection. I'm not sure who who said that. I might have said it. I said the other day. Might have been. Maybe that was you. Right, that enough, Jimmy. Enough, Jimmy. Because I don't fucking care, man. Enough, Jimmy. I just wish you'd be off the team now. Let's yeah. talk about the team because right. it's really not involving Jimmy anymore. So they yeah. play Friday night. They're playing the Green Bay Packers. It's uh, preseason's tough to cover as a journalist because it's not a game. It's an exhibition, and you got to try to look at it like a coach and figure out what they're trying to accomplish and evaluate it as such. Regular season games, did you win or did you lose? This is different. So from your perspective, what do you think the Niners want to accomplish uh, most of all? What are their top goals in this game? Their top goal has to be, should be, um, to not walk away with any of the experts. Don't get hurt. Don't Don't get get hurt. hurt. Straight up. That's the first one. If if there's no major injuries, that's a big plus. That's one. Yeah, Yeah, that's got to be number one. Yeah. And – I'm a little concerned about that because I know Trent Williams isn't playing, True. right? Uh, I mean, so that it's, it's, it's just straight up football. I mean, odds are there's going to be one or two guys every game. Odds are, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's definitely the first goal. I mean, the main goal. Uh, this is just, players. yeah. I mean, there's some players that should not be on the field at all, and I think that's going to be the case. Um, and then there's some guys get what you need from them, get them accoladed, get them back into the flow, and then get them out like. Don't push it in that in this vein, in this spirit, you say don't get players hurt. There are certain some of it is luck. It's football. There are certain things coaches can do, though. Let's talk about offense. Let's talk about Trey Lance. Do you think they will and should and or should call quarterback driven runs in this game? I would say absolutely not. Personally, Uh, I know that's going to be absolutely not. Yeah. Yeah. I I know that's going to be part of his. It's going to be part of his game, and I'm, I'm not really thrilled about it, to be honest. Um, but I know it is going to be part of his game, and they got to get him loose and, and used to it at some point. But uh, first preseason game, one maybe, but I would say zero for me. Yeah. I wouldn't want him running the ball past the line of scrimmage. I don't even think I'd want him scrambling. Maybe scrambling. But for a couple of reasons, no one in the zone read. One, unnecessary hits, and two, don't show it. Yeah. You want week one – that Chicago team to be like, well, we know they're going to run Trey Lance in this game, but we haven't seen what they're going to do. So yeah. let's it, let's guess. That's what you want. 
So I would say don't do it because I don't think, I mean, I don't know how many different ways they're going to run Trey Lance, but there's only so many ways. So don't show your little wrinkles. I would yeah, think. I don't think that's probably the least of, of his worries as far as things he needs to prepare for for the season anyways. Um, you know, so I agree. They shouldn't do it. Hopefully they don't do it. And I don't think they're going to do it. I think that, like you're saying, that you, why are you giving it away? Why are you putting them at risk? It's just unnecessary. And Kyle, Han- Kyle Shannon is known for being super ultra vanilla in the preseason anyway. Yeah, exactly. So I, I want to add something. Um, I, I think what a lot of people are going to do is how does the offense look? How does the offense look? Did they, did they drive down the field? Did they score? I don't think that's the right way to judge preseason because the coaches aren't game planning and they're not calling plays thinking what's the most efficient, best way to get down the field against this, this opponent. What they're doing is evaluating individual players outside of practice. So maybe they want to see Ray Ray McLeod against a certain coverage or, or player run a certain routes. They'll call those not necessarily because the best thing for the offense in that moment, because they need more evaluation on Ray Ray. Something like, or Trey Sermon. I, so I think we're going to – you have to understand they're trying to evaluate certain players. So if the Niners go three and out, look at why. You know, which which players did were involved in this series and what did you learn about each one individually? I think that's probably a better way to evaluate it, like player by player, than the cohesive group because we don't know how many starters are going to be sitting and, and they're not game plan. Yeah, the biggest value that they're going to give for the game, and I agree 100% with you, um, he read my mind and exact same way I'm thinking is the biggest value is when they go back and they look at the film and they watch each matchup individually. That's the value. It doesn't matter if they win or lose or how the offense as a whole looks or the defense right. as a whole. It's like who's doing what um, yeah. and break it down individually. Right. So they like Spencer Burford, the rookie right guard. It's been practice. It's really hard to judge linemen in practice. Now they get to see him in a game one-on-one against starting defensive linemen in the NFL. How's he look? That'll yeah. be much more important than their yards per carry as a team or their completion percentage as a team, that kind of thing. That'll yeah. matter in the regular season. Of course, all that matters in the regular season, but in preseason, it's like, what, how did Burford hand, uh, hold up one-on-one? How did Banks hold up one-on-one? Uh, did Sermon shy away from the contact or was he initiating the contact? Was he, th- those kind of things are, are, I think will be very illuminating. They'll learn about a lot of running backs and linemen, I would think. Mm-hmm. I mean, who, I also think, who, who do you think they should folk they should feature in terms of players they need to evaluate? Well, the the main one I'm hoping for today is that after, or excuse me, for Friday after after the game that they walk away knowing okay this is our starting center because that relationship uh, center quarterback uh, exchange that relationship is going to be super important for uh, their future this season and. Um, not knowing who your center is going into the first game is, is not good. I, I know they, they probably have an idea. Um, I, I think most people do, but I, I would love to be that to be solidified. I would love to be confident um, that we're solid right there at the center position. Yeah, I got more. Um, Ambry Thomas. Mm. Ambry Thomas is having a disastrous training camp, but he played well in big games last year. Maybe he's a gamer. Mm-hmm. He needs something. And you got to see like it, you got to evaluate him in a different context against a different offense because it can't like right now it looks like you almost might want to cut him. So I'd like to see a value, a long evaluation of Ambry Thomas in a game, because if he plays well, who cares about practice? You could look at him differently. Also Jawan Jennings played well down the stretch last year. Like 
eight catches in camp on 16 targets. Maybe he's a game or two. I'd like to evaluate him in specific situations because I'm a little – I have some questions about him. What about Ray Ray? Isn't he struggling more than Jennings? Absolutely. He's got five catches on 12 targets. Like, what can he really do well? And how are you going to use him? I think answering that – if the Niners could answer that question on Friday night, that would be great. That would be a big accomplishment for a preseason game. I'm really hoping a competent wide receiver emerges at the end of this preseason for the 49ers besides Ray Ray, besides Jennings. Um, because if somebody goes down, I'm still concerned. You know, signing Sneed was great, but that doesn't make me like, feel any more confident in the wide receiver position once you get past Brandon Ayuk and even hopefully Debo gets back to his normal self. So beyond those two guys, I'm a little concerned about position and I'm hoping that you, you see some of that develop too. I want to talk about Ray Ray for a second. Like, I don't really understand. I mean, they they he'll be a good returner, I guess. That's why they signed him. But they keep saying no. He's gonna he fits our offense too. He's really small, and maybe with a, a very pinpoint accurate quarterback, that would be cool. Um, like a younger Ben Roethlisberger. But mm-hmm. with Lance, I think with Lance, he really benefits from quarterbacks who have excuse me from receivers who have large catch radiuses, because he's not the most precise quarterback. So. Hence the relationship with Ayuk. Hence the the initial uh, um, lack of cohesion with Debo. So Ray Ray, I mean, he just doesn't get much smaller when it comes to catch radiuses. Now he he's a tough guy who makes tough catches, but I think um, weird fit. Danny Gray, yeah. I understand you want a guy who can stretch the field. Ray Ray isn't even a four four guy, so I, I don't really understand that. Unless it's like, hey, we're gonna run the ball forty five times a game, and he's gonna be the end around guy. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's maybe he's going to get more carries than catches in this offense. I don't know. I'm a little. I'm a little. Uh, I guess we can find out Friday night. We can see certain things. Yeah, yeah. I think you're right. I think that's where he's going to have to end the rounds. Um, you know, Trey Lance so far has shown that he's a little inconsistent with the short passes. So uh, that's not going to work, especially with a smaller guy like Ray Ray. Um, what what Trey Lance needs are guys like Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle. You need to surround him with as many big um, handed good yeah. catchers as you can. Uh, and I think that's going to be super important for his future. Even Debo. That's why, like I predicted that I used to have a better year in Debo. I don't know if Debo uh, from a receiving yard standpoint, I don't know if that's a good matchup for a uh, trade or match with Trey Lance. Um, we'll see. And I'm hoping I'm completely wrong. Um, but yeah, I mean, guys like Ayuk and Kittle, that's going to be the type of receiver that you need to put around. And it's funny, like they're going to want to evaluate Lance to a degree. And if you want to see him at his best, then you might call plays for Kittle and Ayuk, but you don't really need to evaluate Kittle and Ayuk. So I'm curious to see how they balance that. Like someone that they need to evaluate is Danny Gray. To me, Danny Gray is very important to this team because as good as Ayuk is, he's like a four or five flat guy, the way I see it. Not a true just run a fade route and run by your, your, your corner. I don't see that. I mean, he runs a nasty out route, a nasty dig, but Nah. And then Debo, like, at his best, he can be that guy, but he's not that right now. So I think Danny Gray is definitely fast. He hasn't shown that he can win in a lot of other ways so far in camp, but I think he's important. The element that he brings is an element that Lance could take advantage of. I'd like to see him on the field, uh, seeing the Niners sort of experimenting with what they can do with him. England. Yeah, he's he could be huge because, uh, you know, if you run a, a bootleg and have Danny Gray running the nines, 
play action bootleg. Uh, Danny Gray is going deep. That's a threat that we haven't had. And I, I can't remember last time we had a threat like that. So if he can develop and be that threat where he can take the top off the defense uh, and, and just get open deep, Trey Lance has the arm to get it there. That can make this offense so much more explosive than anything we've seen since Terrell Owens played with us. You know? Yeah, and it's like the way this offense is going to be, there's going to be such a focus on stopping the run and Kittle and Ayuk and Debo. Like there could be a few plays a game where Kyle could scheme up Danny Gray to be wide open because he, given the situation, he knows that's the last person you're thinking about on that play. He kind of did that a little bit, I want to say, in 2016 in Atlanta with um, Taylor. Who was who was the number three receiver in Atlanta, the little dude who was about 5'7", who was hella fast, that would catch those passes on the outside? Can't remember his name, but I know who you're talking about. I mean, yeah. it's like – now it's going to kill me. Uh, was it Taylor Jacobs? Well, so who did he try to – so who was the speed guy last year? Remind me of his name on the Niners. Uh, Travis Benjamin. So here's the problem with how they use Travis Benjamin. It doesn't work if you only throw him in when you're going deep and that's all he does, right? He has to play more than just a down or two. Uh, he has to run other routes because if you just make Danny Gray exclusively this guy, when we, when they put him in, they're going deep. I mean, that's a, a huge tell, right? So that's the problem I have with how they try to use him last, last year. Um, and I hope yeah. they – they understand they're going to have to throw in some other stuff as well. Or everyone knows that when Danny Gray's coming in, they're going deep. Yeah, I was thinking Taylor Gabriel. I don't know if you remember him. 18, uh, 25 on that team. He got 50 targets that year, 35 catches, averaged 16 and a half yards per reception, six touchdowns. He was a key part of that offense. That's a huge yards per reception. 16 yeah. and a half. I mean, because you're so focused on everyone else. But mm -hmm. he's super duper fast, so you better not let him run by you. But Danny Gray's going to have to be competent enough to where he can be inserted in there when he's not going deep, yep. to where he's not just only the deep threat. He has to be has to be some kind of other threat as well. One more guy, Jordan Mills. Irfan says, any chance Mills takes McGlinchey's spot? I mean, no, but I'd like to – he's looked good in the one-on-one -on -one drills. He used to be a starting right tackle. Maybe he wasn't healthy the last couple of years. I want to see what he looks like in a real game. Jordan Mills, another guy. He, he, I heard he's doing really good. Yeah, that'd yeah. Be, that's great. That's great depth at the uh, at the tackle position. We need that. You know, the well, things like McGlinchey that I never uh, understood for a first round pick offensive tackle. I'm used to guys who are really like fluid and and light on their feet, like Staley and Trent Williams. Like these are the best of the best. You drafted them that high. McGlinchey's very robotic. He's very stiff. mechanical. He's stiff. Yeah. Um, Jordan Mills is very loose, very athletic. Now I, he's maybe he's in his 30s. Maybe it's Maybe it's a mirage. Maybe he can't stay healthy. I have no idea. But right now, he looks like this. <laughs> Callie Tremor says, another goal is to see how the O-line will perform, the interior, et cetera. Yeah, because the O-line does have to function together. Now, again, this is not going to be the starting five, I, I would guess. I don't think I don't think McGlinchey or Trent Williams is going to play, but I could be wrong. I don't know. Definitely not Trent Williams. I would be Maybe super McGlinchey. surprised if Trent Williams was out there. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy lacks that Mamba mentality. RJH. RG, but, but RG I appreciate the quote. <laughs> it should be Trey Lance stretching the field with throws. Yeah, I'm curious to see like how the Niners want to evaluate him. What exactly are they trying to evaluate with him? Yeah, I mean, I think you know, there's so many things valuable that Trey Lance can get out of this situation. Um, even just the little things like controlling the huddle, communicating in his headset, just getting 
used to playing NFL games, and that's going to also get him ready for the season. Patek says, who was the best Niners player from the 60s? I wasn't allowed I'm, in the 60s. I'd have I'm, to old. To I'm old, but I'm not that old. I don't know. We're going to have to ask Lowell. Yeah. Thoughts on O'Neal Jr. And his, and his health? Is he hurt? They released him. Wave released. So yeah. sorry. Undrafted free agent. But, he'll, you know, the dream will continue somewhere else. Do you believe Trey can take us to the bowl this year? It's a good question. Well, we'll talk about that. I wouldn't call it taking what he's going to do this year. I think he's going to be a complimentary part of this offense, at least as a passer. Um, he's very young, and he's very inexperienced. We're going to talk about that. Who's playing for a job tomorrow? You know, everyone on the third. Uh, uh, I'm curious to see which running back is going to be the odd man out, because the way I see it is it won't be Jeff Wilson Jr. So maybe they'll cut Hasty and keep Sermon and Ty Davis Price. Maybe. Perhaps. Yeah. Uh, I, I think from everything I'm hearing, Mason is – really um kind of earned it you know and i never i was never a big hasty fan i mean i'm sorry hasty but i i just never saw what kyle saw in him you know maybe you did did you see did you see what kyle saw in Hasty? yeah i mean i like him i think he's explosive for a scat back but they don't use him that way they don't hand him the ball really they throw it or they use him as a third down back which i don't get because he's not particularly good Scat back. Um, I think he doesn't really fit the physical profile of the running backs they want to have anymore. They used to have all scat backs, right? McKinnon, mm -hmm. Rita, little guys who ran fast. Now it's all about being the toughest, most physical offense in the league. And so I, you're seeing guys like Jordan Mason and Titans Price. And if you're not 215, you're not a running back on this team anymore. It used to be if you didn't run a 4 3, you're not a running back on this team. So maybe cool. Jermichael Hasty just doesn't fit the profile. But if he doesn't sign here, I mean, uh, Atlanta could use him. Like, what do they have in Atlanta? He's more explosive than whatever they got. The it, has, it been, has it been clear to you that Elijah Mitchell, um, not in the eyes of the coaches, but just it's been clear, like not, no question, he's by far better than all the other running backs. Do you see that? Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I really like Elijah Mitchell. He looks like the guy last year, but bigger and stronger. I think based on what he did last year, you, you ideally want to up his workload. Rookie that, that almost gets to 1,000 yards and averages 4.7 yards per carry. It's like, man, you're a hell of a player. Just need to be a little more durable. So he puts on 10 pounds of muscle. I don't think they're going to dial it back with him. And then you still got Debo and now Trey. I don't think there's that many carries to go around. They like Jeff Wilson Jr. as sort of a do-everything backup. I think they want to use Ty Davis Price as their goal lineback because he's big and run, runs hard. Um, but Jordan Mason might be better at that. I noticed they had uh, – yeah. they had uh, – why is his name on the depth chart? Second was uh, Wilson. Yeah, they had him uh, second already. About I don't think that much has changed since the end of last season. They had a very clear pecking order at running back that was very successful. I don't. I don't see Trey Sermon all of a sudden upsetting that. Like, when did the Niners all of a sudden decide that they like Trey Sermon better than Jeff Wilson? Because that's never been the case. They love Jeff Wilson Jr. And again, what the Niners want now is a downfield, violent, vicious runner. Like, that's not Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon is, like, bouncing, undecisive. I, they keep saying he just needs to be decisive. Okay, well, we'll see. That You don't have to convince Jeff Wilson. They talk about, like, basically saying, like, how tough are you? Basically saying that. Because with Jeff mm -hmm. Wilson, they're saying he goes to a very dark place. Goes to a very dark place, right? And with Elijah Mitchell, that dude played through broken ribs last year. I guess they're calling out Trey Sermon. What do you got? Because you played at Ohio State. Those – those holes were huge. You weren't getting touched until you were in the second level. Ty Davis Price is vicious. I can see it. He has no contact uh, hesitation 
I can see that right now with tight end. He, he loves to block. He loves to hit at the end of runs. Doesn't mean he's good, but do you, Trey so you, has a lot to play for. Trey, you think the 49ers have Trey Sermon fourth, basically? Yes. I don't see a role for him. He could like now for uh, yesterday, Mitchell and Wilson both had the day off, so Sermon was like the, the bell cow. He got like 11 carries, but he had 40 yards. He got stopped in the in the backfield a lot. He he, he does he gets a lot of a lot of getting stopped in the backfield. At least in practice, and maybe you chalk that up to bad all line play or indecisiveness. Hard to say without looking at. I have to look at the tape. So <laughs> that may end up. It may be a, end up being a bad draft pick. You know, I think we'll know after this year whether that was a, a poor draft pick or not. It's a little bit of a strange one in the sense that he's not fast. Yeah, not particularly explosive. It's like a kind of want. Like you kind of want that out of a running back. Kinda. He's running. Ha ha says uh 49ers giving a master class on how not to develop a quarterback. When Trey succeeds, he will be in spite of the org, and I will praise him for it. I totally see where you're coming from, man. We're gonna talk about what Kyle's been saying recently about quarterbacks on other teams, but yeah. I don't know. I, they kept saying like they were trying to emulate what Andy Reid did in Kansas City with Patrick Mahomes, but Andy Reid huh. made Patrick Mahomes feel like such a special player early on and never wavered. Um Harbaugh did that for Kaepernick. Kyle can't do that for people. Maybe he's not built that way, but he's much more the keep it real guy than the like prop you up, build you up kind of guy. One of the things I'm going to be watching this year is when I'm watching Trey Lance, does it seem like he benefited <clears throat> from sitting a year behind Jimmy or does it seem like a guy who should have been playing yeah. because he's behind the eight ball of where we need him to be right now? Maybe that's um, a good way to evaluate. We talk about what, what to accomplish, what to evaluate in these games. How does Lance just – does he look like a guy who's been on the team for a year? Or does he look like a rookie? How does he – how does the offense function? Does he get the offense in and out of the huddle? All that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. Because I'm really skeptical of how much you really learn on the bench in 2021, 2022. I mean, these practices are short. It's not really a developmental time during the season. But open-minded. They work with Patrick yeah. Holmes. Oris right. Rocha says, who's going to be the sixth wide receiver? Will they even keep six wide receivers? This is a team that's going to run a lot. Maybe they keep four tight ends or nine offensive linemen or five running backs. I don't know. Would you think you think Snead has any chance of making this 53? Uh he made a I want to say he made a I want to say he made a touchdown catch. And he's made like one catch. Maybe he's a chance. I mean, he has a, a track record. How about that's another guy? You, you really haven't gotten him involved in camp very much. He just got here. Here's a great opportunity to give Willie Sneed an extended look in the third quarter and see if he has any juice left. Great call, yeah. Willie Sneed. Because yeah. you've seen Ray Ray all offseason. You probably have a lot of practice tape on Ray Ray. you got nothing on Willie Sneed. you got to make a decision on him in like a yeah. month or something, right? So, yeah, Willie Sneed, yeah. great call. Great call. Yeah, because yeah. people can – they can, you know, scoff at the Willie Sneed thing, but that guy actually – you know, he almost had two a thousand yards two seasons in a row. He 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 was a legit wide receiver at one point, and he got bounced around. So maybe he's done. But there's a possibility he he's got it still in the tank. So I'm looking. Robert Kambiche is another guy the Niners should take a long look at. Only been on the team a few weeks. Seen yeah. him in practice. He's a D lineman. What's he look like in a real game? And they had him really low on the depth chart. I got a funny Robert Kimdiche story from yesterday. I meant to put this in my good, not so good, but I forgot. Okay, so he's really um emotional on the field a lot of players are and he starts pushing 
with someone. Jason, Jason Poe. They get in a little shoving match, and, and Kim DJ's fired up. So uh, his coaches start yelling at him, and it seems like they thought he was in the wrong. He, they, they were mad at him. So guess who goes and calms him down? Arm around him, talking to him, calms him down. Guess who it is? Is it a coach or a player? Player. Is it? Don't tell me it's Fred. Is it Fred? No, it's in his position group. Oh. Um, I don't know. Who, who has Javon it? Kinlaw. Oh, the voice wow. of reason. I, I should have guessed that. Yeah. The voice of reason. He's like, hey, man. Good. So, uh, I, I, it's clearly they're very uh, – I think they hit it off. Um, but good. Javon was like hey, – I don't know what he said, but that was the guy who was – his big brother in that moment, you know, that would have been the most ironic guess. I'm, I'm bad. I'm, I'm mad that I missed that one, but that's good to hear that Javon is doing that. It seems like they like Kim DJ and they just might be able, like, be the right support group to bring out the best. Cause clearly he has, I don't know Kim DJ well, but he's gotten a million chances. He was the number one recruiter out of high school. He's very gifted. Hasn't worked out. There must be some disconnect. Maybe. This D-line group with these players can be the ones that get it out, that bring out the best in him. So, can DJ. Yeah, that's a good watch. See how he does. To answer this question, though, I think if they keep a sixth guy, it, it, right now, the leader would be Malik Turner. I mean, he caught like a 40-yard touchdown pass yesterday from Nate Sudfeld. And I can't say that about anyone else. Other How's that, what's that guy's name? Tay McGowan? Is that his name? It's Tay Martin. Tay Martin. How, how does he look? He's starting to make uh, – he does well in the one-on-ones. He's, he's made a couple of – he's a possession receiver. Um, he's like, like that's the kind of guy that I think he's good. I think he's the kind of guy that maybe could be the sixth wide receiver, or you could put him on the practice squad. I mean, I think usually it's like, can you get away with putting him on the practice squad? Will someone claim him? Yeah, I think you could get away with it, and you could always elevate him yeah. on game day. But he seems like the kind of guy who could eventually be on this team eventually. Good, yeah, because I think those are the type of receivers that yes they need to put around trailer. Yeah, he's not super big. I, I don't I don't see him as being 6'4. He looks like he's 6'1, but he does seem like a decent sized possession receiver who gets open. Okay. JR says if the Niners get a draft pick for PSJ, will Grant admit he was wrong for asking why Jimmy was he was still in the Niners for the last month? Hmm. Well, I admit I was wrong about something. I don't know. Depends on the draft pick. Depends on the draft pick. I mean, was was this charade really worth it? I guess we'll have to see. We'll see. I don't know. Why do I have to admit I'm wrong before I'm wrong? I'm not wrong yet. <laughs> right. I have to pre-admit it. Mark says right. 1960s Niners greatest players, John Brody, J.D. Smith, Dave Parks, Leonard Malini, Ken Willard, Jimmy Johnson, Dave Wilcox, John Thomas, Bob St. Clair. Thank you, Mark. I've heard about I've heard about Bob St. Clair and John Brody the most out of that group. Leonard Malini, I've heard his name a million times. Jimmy Johnson heard his name a million times too. The other ones are new yeah. to me. Thank you, yeah. Mark. What else we got? Nick Craig says, do you think Trey's our franchise quarterback or just attempt? That is the million dollar question. And I don't know. And I think that's the real, the real answer. The real question is how do the Niners feel? And I think the answer is they don't know. They don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I think he has all the four years. I think he has all the intangibles to be a franchise quarterback. The question is the in the game, in the game, is he, the guy, you know, and we'll find out. Uh, Grant, can you admit you're wrong that the Niners will win a Super Bowl with the first year starting quarterback? If he wins yeah. the Super Bowl. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Lance. So Lance, Kyle Shanahan recently went on a podcast with Brandon Marshall and uh, explained that his thought, his 
decision-making process when it came to selecting a quarterback last year. And he said that it came down to Mac Jones and Trey Lance. Those were the final two contestants in Kyle's particular game of The Bachelor. Justin Fields didn't get a rose. He was not invited to the finale. Um, so I guess my question to you is, why do you think Fields wasn't invited to the finale? Why do you think it came down to those two? And why do you think Lance ultimately went out? Well, I, I think the reason they didn't include Fields in that discussion, even though he's super talented, uh, it's probably a personality thing. Uh, the things you hear about him, and they may or may not be true. I have no idea you know, what kind of Do you of remember? It was all very vague. People would say there yeah. are issues, and people would be like, well, what are they? And then they would say, well, you, this is what happens all the time to kids coming out of college. It's a shame. Um, but it didn't seem like anyone from his school really said this This is baloney. Like, no one really vouched for him that hard. Well, what makes me, yeah, like, mad about it is, okay, well, Mac Jones has DUI. So why is that not an issue? Yeah, is, right. And it just – then it makes me think, is this a race thing? Like, are they being treated fairly? Are Justin Fields and Mac Jones – But that's a media thing. From I don't think Kyle looked at Justin. Yeah, and, not like, from Kyle. Not from there Kyle. must have been something about his style of play that turned off Kyle. Maybe it was the freelancing, the the running into sacks, the decision-making. I don't know. But actually – or maybe there's something that people don't know about Justin Fields. Like with Kyler Murray, all of a sudden this year – with the with the studying clause just like maybe something like that because it clearly kyle wants a guy who's like as obsessed with studying as he is right and i don't know if justin feels no. like i have no idea but maybe it's something like that that we didn't know about kyler murray something like that i don't know it could also just be you know not that it's a negative personality for justin fields but you if you're going to draft a franchise quarterback well, that's the goal right you're dra drafting a franchise quarterback and you're going to be working with this person for years hopefully uh, and you want to be around people that you enjoy being around. And I think that's one of the main reasons uh, they ended up going with Trey. He had all the intangibles, and he's just a really good dude, like, uh, you know, a real nice guy, hard worker, football player. You know, I think that was it. To me, that's it. Because, like, I mean, I remember before the draft, there were a lot of people that I respected who were adamant that Justin Fields was the most talented player after, you know, the, available for the 49ers at number three, and that he should be the guy. And a lot of people felt – that Mac Jones was that guy. And I think there were arguments for all three. There was no clear cut number three quarterback. Um, but Justin Fields had character concerns. They were never really like explained what they were, but they were out there. And I think it's a reason he failed at whatever he felt 12. Mm -hmm. Mac Jones had a DUI. So he failed. To I mean, those two had character concerns and Trey yeah. Lance doesn't, didn't, doesn't he, and they always talk about his maturity, his demeanor. And I think what ultimately separate what ultimately separated him from them and what they what made them make their decision was that, mm -hmm. which to me is uh, understandable, but also kind of scary. Like that's how you choose players, quarterbacks, based on who's the most who's the most professional. Who's like really? Because uh, look, I know it's a tough decision, but I don't know if that's the the deal breaker. Really? Who, who does best in your interview with him? I don't know. Because I feel like they make this mistake. That was Solomon Thomas. Super impressive. Mike McGlinchey. CEO, CEO person. Didn't they say that? CEO? CEO type? Mm -hmm. About Trey, too. I hate to think that they just get sort of enamored by a 22-year-old who's really mature. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a big part of the draw for Trey. That's and, and, you know, to some degree, it makes sense. I think with other positions, it's probably not as important. But with a quarterback, it may be more important 
then we're giving it credit for it because just because they are the leader of the team. So they have to be that guy. And unfairly, honestly, I know a lot of kids like Justin Fields and I don't know Justin Fields well, but like I used to coach uh, basketball. And so I would see how other coaches view players and certain players, if they're not outgoing and like, like, you know, just really over the top friendly, they think that that's a character issue when it's really not. It's just who they are as people. They're more quiet and laid back and that doesn't make them, bad people. I think that's probably what happened with Justin Fields more than anything. I think the Niners are trying to build a, sp a particular culture and they've been, it's been very consistent with John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan. It's different than the, than the Trent Balky, John, uh, Jim Harbaugh culture. Cause those, those teams had a lot of people that got arrested and in trouble and there were DUIs and there was domestic abuse, uh, violence and stuff like that. And I think the Niners are trying their best to not have that on their team and um, we've seen them really value character from their first round picks. I think they got duped. I mean, I, the, the Ruben Foster thing, he never got actually convicted of anything. But I think they vetted him and felt he was a charming, good-hearted person. You know what I mean? I, they didn't think they were bringing in a guy who wouldn't respect their culture. I think they thought he would fit right in. I think they mm -hmm. have an idea of what their culture is. And maybe Mac Jones, maybe, I don't know, maybe Jed York said, hey, we're not taking a guy like Mac Jones, who has a DUI. We don't want, want that on our team anymore. Maybe Kyle feels he had no choice but to take this. I don't understand, but because Kyle coming out and explaining his thought process makes me feel like he's hedging. Dude, trace your quarterback. Why are you talking about Mac Jones? Yeah, that was one thing you notice about Kyle. I've noticed about Kyle is when he gets around uh, football players, he kind of like wants to be like one of the dudes. And so yeah, he'll just yeah. start. Yeah, he'll, he'll answer any question that you ask yeah. him if you're like a, a well-respected former football player that's oh. true that's true he yeah. kind of blushes a little bit yeah yeah Barry baller 18 says warriors drafted at bayudo because he showed up to the meeting in a suit i'm telling you <laughs> growing <laughs> make these kind of mistakes all the time when judging young people you know yeah. i understand it's impressive when you meet a very mature young man but that doesn't necessarily mean he's going to be the best quarter look mcglinchy is the most mature offensive lineman i've ever seen he's not as gifted as colton miller <laughs> but he probably did better in the meeting yeah yeah and what, what did you say about OJ? I watched one of your shows this week. You were talking about how OJ was like. Oh, well, that's just people who are total, um, you know, phonies. But yeah, I mean, when, when the thing with Frank Gore, and I'm reserving judgment because people get accused all the time of stuff. We'll find out more soon. But people are like, oh, I can't believe. I don't know him. Why would you even assume something one way or another? You've never met him. You've seen him play on a field. He has certain qualities demonstrated in a game. Those are commendable. But it doesn't necessarily mean that he's a certain way when the camera, when he's in private, I mean, yeah. unless you had dinner with him, even if you did have dinner with him, you probably didn't know him. You know, I like that's why when things kind of like it's just kind of like, well, we don't know. You never know. You never yeah. know. Uh, I guess we'll never know why Kyle chose Lance over those two. But again, I think heavily based on the character, and maybe in the future the Niners want to like consider athletic traits a little bit higher. Not that Trey doesn't have them, but I would draft the trade. The Michael Glitchy mistake. If all things were the same, every one of them had the same character, personality, everything, I still would have drafted Trey Lance. That's who I wanted them to draft, and I think it was a smart pick. So, you know, I think the character is just a cherry on top for Trey Lance. Justin Fields was intriguing. I saw him in person. He looked like Kyler Murray in the sense that no one could touch him. Like, he just kept – he was running – he was the offense against the Niners. He had no one to yeah. throw to. No one was open. He had no blocking. 
but he was he really could his his touchdown scramble was one of the best touchdown scrambles I think I've ever seen. And he throws a really pretty ball. Like in terms yeah. of just like athletic traits, Justin Fields is one of the most gifted quarterbacks I think I've ever seen. Um, yeah, you might be right about that. Imagine him playing on, on this team with the Niners with Kyle Shanahan. That might he be throws a really pretty spiral. I mean, again, this he's on a terrible team, and I don't know if it's ever gonna work out for Chicago and him there, but if you're just looking for straight up traits, I don't know. Again, maybe he doesn't study or maybe he doesn't like coaching or who knows. But uh, I'd have to hear what the, what that was because in retrospect, man, it's hard to find a better just better traits than Justin Fields. I'm yeah. just saying. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. like, we saw Lance last year and he definitely like, when he gets rumbling down the field, he'll get up to about 21 miles an hour. But he doesn't have that quick explosion that Kyler Murray, Russell Wilson, Justin Fields have where it's like, boom, he's gone. Yeah. Boom, he's around the corner. Like, that's what I understand. I know yeah. they want to use, like, I think he is going to be a great quarterback sneak. He'll, he'll surpass his um, mentor, Jimmy Garoppolo, in the quarterback sneak area. But, um, <clears throat> and I think he's going to be fantastic there. And I know he's a power runner, but why do you want a power running quarterback? Well, I, I think it's awesome. I think it's going to make him hard to tackle. He's going to make him great yeah. scrambling. But me, I really probably more so than even you. I really just don't want to see them try and make this guy a running quarterback. I don't. Here's what I like about him compared to Fields. Lance's instinct under pressure is a step up in the pocket. Mm-hmm. Fields' instinct, as well as Kyler's, is to back out and scramble. Yeah. And they're quick enough to do it, but the great quarterbacks step up, right? And it just yeah. shows Trey's mentality. Like, yeah, I'm a really gifted athlete, but I want to play the position the right way. And when he steps up, He'll step out and he'll extend the play so he can throw. And like you can sort of see him, he'll be like, okay, final scramble. But Justin Fields is like, oh, Elaine, here I go. And that's great. He's super fast. But you always appreciate a mobile quarterback who is trying to do it the right way because we grew up on Steve Young. He wasn't just an athlete out there for the Niner. He wasn't just like, I'm going to wing it. No, he dedicated his 20s to learning how to play the right. He did it like five years to, de- to learning how to play the position the right way. And Trey has that mentality. I don't think – I don't know that Justin Fields does. I don't know that Kyler Murray does. I guess we'll, that, it would depend the best on – yeah. The best kind of quarterbacks that ever exist are, you know, quarterbacks that can play in the pocket but are athletic and mobile enough to scramble and be effective. Tavares says Justin Fields has epilepsy. I'm aware – I can't imagine that's the reason that he fell. Hmm. It doesn't seem like a legit reason to not that, – that's it? Maybe. I don't know. All right. Uh, let's talk about Lance still. A lot of mystery on what this offense is going to look like when I do radio hits around the country. They're like, so what do you think? What's this? <sighs> there's a lot of throwing in camp. I don't know if there's going to be a lot of throwing during the season. What do you think the optimum number of passes per game for Lance is this season? I think Jimmy was at 27 last year. I, if, if I had to guess, I think it's going to be around 21, 22, 23 in that range. Um, I think that's probably what we're going to see, at least in the beginning, until he gives Kyle the confidence to call call it more. I personally hope he passes more. Um, I love, you know, that the Niners have a strong run game, but it's it's not as fun as I've just been longing for, like a real passing game. I know, um, and I'm hoping that that develops. But I think we're going to expect less passing than we did last last year with Jimmy, uh, at least in the beginning. Yeah, uh, I think it's interesting. I went back and looked at what he did at North Dakota State. Very successful. He threw 17.9 times a game mm-hmm. in that one season where he was 
flawless. It's a lot to go from there to say, all right, now we're going to be the kind of offense that throws 30 times a game, maybe in two years or a year. But I think you start off right around there. Say, you know what? What we're going to do with you, Trey, is use you a lot like North Dakota State used you, except instead of throwing to Joe Blow, who's working in marketing now, you're throwing to George Kittle. And D- like we're going to make what you've, we're going to let you do what you've been doing for years. It's just you're doing it with much better players around you. And then when that's enough, when, when, when you excel with that, We'll put a little bit more on your plate. That's exactly how the Seahawks handled Russell Wilson back in the day. If you go back and look at his game logs, as in, as a rookie, there was a lot of games like 19 throws, 20 throws, 25 throws. I think the, the goal should be no no more than 25. And if they can keep it below 25 the first half of the season, they could feel pretty good about winning those games. And when he beat Houston, 23. 23. Well, what's important to me long-term is that – He's not another quarterback like Jimmy where you have to minimize his throws. That he develops into a quarterback where you can call what you want to call based on the situation and not because you're scared of what your quarterback's going to do. So that's that's huge for me. I'm really hoping that that's the case with Trey Lance. Because if if it's not, I'm going to be asking for a a new quarterback in in three years. You know, It's true. I mean, the idea is not to have him be the kind of guy who can't throw more than 25 times a game long term. Um, this is just, I think the idea is a, a young player, young quarterback, uh, don't overwhelm them right away. Yeah. Especially yeah. on a team that has high expectations. If this were like a lot of people compare him to Josh Allen, they, in, in Buffalo, that was a rebuilding team with a first year coach. And they could just say, Josh, just go in there and figure out what works and what doesn't with Trey. There's a lot of pressure because the team's good and he's replacing quarterback who won. So you can't just go out there and figure it out and learn and have some growing pains and lose because people will be like, they need to, this is terrible. Like somebody needs to get fired. So he needs to win. He needs to freaking win. And Kyle needs to figure out the best way to win while he's developing. And I think that involves, you know, throwing in doses, passing in limited doses, not just being like, Hey man, be a superstar. (laughs) Yeah. One of the biggest reasons to be confident in Trey Lance is that uh, Kyle Shanahan's career is so dependent on this that you know Kyle Shanahan's going to do everything he can to make this work. Now, my only thing that I think I feel like Kyle's out could be, look, I don't know if he could say, I don't know if Trey Lance is the quarterback that I envisioned because clearly he wants John Elway. Maybe he's like, you know, maybe he's really going to be more like Jalen Hurts or Lamar Jackson. And I'm wrong. Like, or I can't develop, maybe if he starts to waver, what he could do is like, you know what? I'm going to run him a lot. Just And I'll just say, you know, we're just doing what's best for the team. And if he gets hurt, I'll be like, ah, that's too bad. I got to move on to a new quarterback. Because, well, I mean, he's already kind of done that with, uh, with RG3. So anyway, there's, there's a part of me that's like, man, this guy is going to run Trey Lance into the ground because he has to win. You know, you, you really can't just let the quarterback – Josh Allen didn't have that kind of pressure. You know, Andrew Luck took over a team that had the number one pick. He didn't have that kind of pressure. Trey has hella pressure, and the passing is a work in progress. I'm afraid that Kyle's going to, if he gets scared, if he gets nervous, he's going to start doing what he did in Arizona. We won't let it happen, me and you. <laughs> this brings up a, <clears throat> a really good point. It's something I'm going to be watching in the game is how does Nate Sudfeld look? Is he a competent backup? Because it, that's important. I don't really – it's hard to know what, what Nate Silva's going to be. I've heard he's been doing well in practice, but that's going to be a huge thing to watch. Do we have a competent backup behind Trey Lance, especially if you're going to be running him 
the way you're going to be running them. Yeah, I'd like to see that with Nate Sudfeld, too. That's a really important call. Good call. Shreddy Murphy says, Kyle said Jones and Lance in that order. And then to even speak on it in this stage, uh, shake my head. Does the org even like the kid? Let Lance dance. I don't know. They have a funny way of showing it, don't they? Talking about Mac Jones. It's like, who cares? Shreddy who cares? Murphy. That's a good name, man. It is a good name. Absolutely. Steven says Kyle said he could evaluate he could evaluate Mahomes and uh did he? I don't get it. Sorry, Steven. Um Trey F and area, Isaiah Kill. Been missing you, man. All right. Well, I guess that's all that I'm looking forward to in this game. I mean, we're not gonna see the vet the I don't think we're gonna see the the starters for that long. How many series do you think we'll see from Lance? I guess it depends on how well he does. If we we'll see, okay, if we get a quarter, I'll be happy, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know. If we get a quarter, I'll be happy, but I don't think, you know, I'm a little worried if um, Trent's not playing. Uh, I'm hoping they're calling a lot of bootlegs and uh, things like that. You know, it'll be funny to see if he goes out there and the plan is let's just get you one series, but it's a three and out and he's over two. And they're like, well, <laughs> we don't want that to be the story. So, you know what? Yeah. Why don't you just go out there until there's something good that happens? I don't Twitter know. Would explode. Twitter right? would explode if that happened. Oh, man, we got to like, it'll be very interesting to see what happens because he is under the most scrutiny. Is there a quarterback under more scrutiny than Trey Lance this year in the league? No, I don't think so. No. Well, at least with expectations. I don't know about scrutiny. They're probably all under scrutiny. Pass, but the expect- pass by pass. Expectations like, are so yeah. high for Trey Lance, you know. It goes like, back to the NFC Championship. It does. It does. I mean, my dad came on the show yesterday and was like, they better get back to the They better go to the Super Bowl. I was like, damn. <laughs> I saw that. I saw <laughs> that. Right. There, yeah. there are going to be some people that are just not, you know, can't budge. I get it. I get it. It's a very awkward situation that he's been put in. And also it's the 49ers. Re- I, being the quarterback of this team has to come with more pressure than being any position on any team yeah. in pro sports. Yeah, I don't know. Because you're being compared to Steve Young and Joe Montana. Not only yeah. not only every other quarterback in the NFL, but two of the all-time greats. Did Kyle say that Jimmy Garoppolo is the best quarterback on the Niners since Steve Young? Did he really he say, that? say that? He said that. Yep. I saw that today, which I was like, are you kidding me? Like Alex Smith, yeah. Jeff Garcia. Uh, you're supposed Paul to be Kaepernick. lowering the bar for Trey Lance. He's right. replacing a mediocre quarterback. No, he's replacing the best quarterback since Steve Young. All right, man. Go get him, Trey. Go. All I got to do is throw 30 touchdowns passes this year and, and win 13 games, and Niner fans might be happy. We'll see. Yeah. Well, I mean, if, if, he, if he thinks Jimmy is the best thing since Steve Young, then it, it should be easy for Trey Lance to uh, be the next best thing since Steve Young. There, there are Niner fans right now, jackhammer, cough, cough, who still think that in 1992 or whatever, when Steve Young went 14-2 and two and was all pro, that they should have went back to Joe Montana in the playoffs, and they would have won. So – I'm just saying, Trey, get to know the, the, the type of scrutiny and uh, pressure that you're about to feel because it's unique. Sean says, I love Lance, but my spidey sense keeps telling me the Niners could have gotten him at 12. What do you think? Um, I don't know. I have no idea of knowing. But I think the question is, like, did you really know enough about him? Did you like him enough to give up the Deshaun Watson package for him? If he had fallen at 12 and you took him, wonderful. But the trade up? Whew, that was rich. And it yeah. only added more pressure on him. Weren't they talking that Atlanta was going to get him if if they did Perhaps. Perhaps. Again, those teams like that, like those professional demeanors. 
could have been. Yeah. Clearly, there were there were rumors and secrets in the league that didn't get out about Mac Jones and Justin Fields that dropped him down because they're both gifted. I mean, Mac Jones had a nice little rookie year. I don't know. Justin Fields just seems like a quiet dude, you know. And I think even Brandon Ayuk got a bad rap because he's quiet. Like he's yeah. uh, that dude is a stud, man. He's an ultimate professional, and he's you know shown that he is. A pro, and I think he got a bad rap. I think he was in the doghouse, um, maybe for no reason. But at least he's showing everybody that they were wrong about him this year. Yeah, like just how you present yourself yeah. goes a long way. Yeah. And I think a lot of people can't – Trey seems authentic. But there are some people who are just like, yeah, I, I'm really good at talking to adults. Yeah, To me – I'm sorry to keep bringing up Mike McGlinchey. <laughs> but there's something about the way Mike McGlinchey talks that makes me feel like, yeah, man, that's just the guy who was great at talking to adults when we were kids, you know? Because I was that kid. Yeah. yeah, I was that kid. So there's I, you know, there's, there's coaches that favor – coaches, kids. Are there any kids out here watching, high school athletes? Go talk to your coach. Shake his hand. Look him in the eye. Yeah. Coaches love that shit. Excuse oh, me. But they, they do. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Comb your hair. Do all yeah. all the stuff that makes you look clean cut and serious and yeah, all that stuff. Yeah. Anyway, that's our show. We'll see what happens tomorrow. If the Niners win and Trey Lance looks good, everything will be right with the world. And if he struggles, just burn it all down. That's what's up. <laughs> that's what you should take away from our show. <laughs> Looking forward to it. <laughs> thanks, everyone. Thanks, Ryan. All right, Grant. Peace.